As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. Trump is going to get elected and the economy is going to get good or Hillary is going to get elected and the economy is going to get really good. This is not your program because my point of view for years and years and years is it doesn't make a difference whether Republican or Democrat in the office. As a man named Rothschild said back in the 1700s, it makes no different who, difference who makes the rules as long as I control the money. And the people that control the money make the rules. It's called the golden rule. And today, there was another Rothschild on August 2016, just recently, who just came out and says, you know, he's the Rothschild's bank. They're a fairly large bank for private people. But it is, he says, we have, Lord Rothschild on 2016 says, we have never been here before. This is the greatest experiment in world history. So all of you who are sitting there fat, dumb, and happy, like the millionaire next door, with your 401k, your job, your Toyota and Volvo in the driveway, thinking your pension is safe and your retirement is safe, you better not listen to this show or actively listen closely because this is about the dark side. This is about what happens if this happens. So I'm going paint, to paint a pretty dark picture. So, Chicken Littles, time to leave. Any comments, Kim? <laughs> well, yes, because I am the eternal optimist. But um, here, I just find this interesting. I, I read comments about, you know, what happens to the stock market if Trump gets elected and what happens if Hillary gets elected. And I'm just reading this morning. It says, stocks will plunge if Donald Trump is elected president and the bond market could capsize if Trump goes ahead with his plans to ne- renegotiate national debt. Hillary Clinton wins the White House. She'll cripple the economy by hiking ta- taxes, and her foreign policy will end up destroying the world. <laughs> Holy mackerel. That's pretty dark. <laughs> so our two guests today, their, their, their attitude is ho-hum. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, then I'll just do it that. You know, it's like it's no big deal. But if you're an amateur investor with your little 401K or IRA or Roth IRA, you'd better pay attention to this show. Well, if you're listening to all the all the opinions back and forth and going with all the emotions back and forth, you're probably going to be in big trouble. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, I went to military school in New York, and in military, the military academy, we have to study history, and we study the history of warfare and technology and how things change. And I think the war that applies to today's economy more than any other war was World War One. So when I was reading, I was studying the history of World War One. It just shocked me to read, to read that the primary mode of transportation was the horse in World War One. And what happened was, the guys who rode into battle, the the nice, brave, gallant young men, rode into battle on their horses to fight against guys who were driving tanks and airplanes. That's what's going on today. If you're buying, you know, holding for the long term, protecting your 401k, thinking of retirement safe, and the government's going to protect you, you're riding a horse right now into a battle of tanks and aircraft. 
another way of looking at it, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, he's he's the guy right now. He he's a he is a weapon of mass destruction right now. Amazon is destroying Walmart right now. And Walmart destroyed mom and pop. They're little retailers. And all these people right now say, oh, I don't have to worry. You know, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own business and all this. Well, look, technology and financialization is going to wipe you out. The other part about it is Warren Buffett called derivatives weapons of mass financial destruction. And they are. He should know. He owns Moody's, the guy who blessed subprime mortgages as prime, and it nearly destroyed the world back in 2008. So we're sitting on the eve of destruction in many ways, and our two guests today are going to sit there and yawn at the whole thing. They go, oh, who cares? You know, I'm going to make money going up, make money going down. But that's the way you've got to get to be in this world. We're at World War I right now. If you have a 401k, an IRA, or whatever you have, a job, you're like a guy on a horse going after a tank with some guy in the airplane shooting at you. you got to be crazy. So our guest today is Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader and author. Been our guest many times. He has a huge following throughout the world. He's the author of Come Into My Trading Room, Barron's 2002 Book of the Year, Trading for a Living in 1993. And we have Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor, author of 401 Chaos and Stock Market Crash Flow. No, no, Cash Flow or Crash Flow. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a very exciting show because these guys don't give a you-know-what. If it goes up, they make money. It comes down, they make more money. But right now, if you are riding a little horse with a big sword called a job, driving a Toyota, and hoping your 401k and IRA and your pension are going to save you, this is your program. You better start doing something different. So, Dr. Elder, what do you think about World War One coming? <laughs> uh, I heard it was over, World War One. And I had another one since then, and that was also over. Uh, but you come uh, from that part of the world, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Came from Estonia, which... Uh, which so action actually became an independent country as a result of World War One, uh, lost independence uh, during World War Two, and uh, just became independent again in the, in the 90s when the Soviet Union fell apart. Yeah, Kim and I mean I'm going to Estonia uh, this fall. I love that place, the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city, Tallinn. Yeah. Beautiful and very friendly girls. <laughs> Yes. That's well, an that, understatement. I might have to relook at this now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, what do you have to say about um, World War One coming? Well, I I have to agree with Robert. I think that people who are just in the run of the mill mode, going to work, getting a paycheck, hoping that their four hundred one k is going to be there, in a lot of trouble right now. So, and, is, uh, but isn't isn't a job in a 401k like riding into battle on a horse and somebody sitting in front of you with a tank? It seems antiquated, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, that's the metaphor. You know, very, very much. Yeah. Yep, so, for sure. This is the biggest problem, you guys. In World War One, we could see the tank. This next war, we can't see it. All change today is invisible. You cannot see what's coming at you. It's called artificial intelligence. And it's not a tank. It could just be a software program hidden in somebody's little computer, wiping out your business and your job. So the trouble with the information age versus the industrial age is in the information age, you cannot see what's going to wipe you out. Dr. Elder, 
How do you look at market crashes and ups and downs and all that? I mean, do you get very excited in either one way or the other? Uh, I tend not to get excited. I mean, I trade these things professionally. I've seen them go up and go down. Uh, what do you say about people riding into, you know, in, in, into a battle on a horse? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you've got to manage yourself. You've got to manage your account. You've got to know what you're doing. If, if people want to be financially, well, first, to survive and to be successful, uh, they have to count their money, they have to look at their positions, they have to reevaluate their positions. You can't just put that money into 401k and uh, fall asleep. You have to manage the thing. Uh, and, and don't you think that a professional manager will do any better job that you can do uh, with some basic knowledge? 90, so that, 90% you, don't even beat the S&P. Uh, they, uh, they, cannot, they cannot trace the S&P because... They, uh, b- because uh, they have to pay the managers. So I mean, uh, the amount of money you pay to money managers is a major factor in your success or failure. Uh, uh, I have uh, no personal interest in, but from what I understand, the Vanguard uh, fund or Vanguard funds are very popular precisely because they have the lowest uh, management fees in the industry, uh, and so people don't get hurt quite as badly. But uh, w- whatever fund you're in, you have to you have to watch it. You know, it's almost like living in a house. If you don't watch, you know, little crack in the wall or little crack in the roof, people people pay attention to houses that they bought for hundred thousand dollars, but they don't pay attention to four hundred one k, which may have a million dollars. So, Doctor Elder, isn't that one part of the problem? Because you say you say I don't get excited, yet people get so emotional about all the things that are happening politically, and that you go on the CNBCs and the MSNBCs, and they have these rumors that are going, and people get all excited or they get all yeah. upset. And isn't that the problem where they lose a lot of money? Well, you know, I, uh, I sometimes, sometimes when my, my wife gets excited, I say to her, listen, you're just producing uh, adrenaline, and adrenaline is just burning up your cells. You get no advantage from it, no edge. You're just burning your cells. Good. Chill out. Andy, what do you want to say? What do you want to say about, you know, let's say this market crashed. What would you say to a 401k guy? Is that is diversification going to help him? Yeah, it's, the, it's diversification. Diversification is going to help you in a, in a crash because you're truly not diversified across the asset classes. All your money is in the stock market. So the fancy word they, they have for this is called a systemic risk, meaning the whole system is going down. So if you're in a 401k, chances are you're very much diversified through that system, and there's no way to hide. And if you have a uh, so if, if you're if you have a mutual fund, you're already diversified in the stock market. Yeah, you're no, well, you're, no, you're already yeah, diversified, you're diversified with a basket of stocks. It's still, yeah. it's already diversified. Yeah. So you buy more mutual funds, you get more and more diversified. That that's exactly right. I, I want to make a comment on what Dr. Elder said about emotion because I think he's just right in the bullseye. If you go to Vegas and you look at there's there's things to watch. Watch the gamblers and then watch the pit boss. When the gamblers lose, they exclaim and they're upset. When they win, they cheer. But the pit boss is made out of cardboard. To him, it's just a process. It's just a system. And, and the math works. And so he says, look, win or lose, I'm just going to let this work over time for me. And so if you get emotional about, about this stuff, you're just like the gamblers in Vegas. But if you can maintain, you know, it's, it's like Mr. Spock, just think logically, not emotionally, and you're going to be much, much better off. So, you know, the problem is, and the reason Rich Dad Company was formed was what Dr. Elder suggests is how do you manage your portfolio, your money, and all that. The average person cannot even balance a checkbook. So it is a, it is a problem of financial 
disinformation and uneducated, and they can't do the basic things to manage their money. So we're going to go. We're going to be talking to Dr. Elder and and Andy Tanner about what you can do. Look, I'm trying to tell you something. You have a job and a 401k. You're riding a horse right now. You're about to get slaughtered. Comments, Kim. Well, my, I guess my biggest comment, I, I go back to the emotions and people getting all, all wrapped up in that because you got your portfolio, or those of you who have a portfolio, you have this for your life. I mean, this is not something that's going to change, you know, you're, you're going to get rid of it today or tomorrow or even the, even the eight years of whoever gets elected. You're, you're holding on to this thing for your, 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 have your portfolio for life. I would damn well want to get educated and know how to make money when the markets go up and go down because this is this is my life. This is where my money that I work so hard for sits. Yeah, so, and Kim, if I may add, uh, if someone if someone believes that a crash is coming, first of all, one should get out of stocks. Uh, second of all, uh, that person might want to educate himself or herself how to sell short, how to benefit from declines. Yes. But that's uh, not, not that they think that a crash is coming. Actually, I would not I would not agree with that. For somebody who is a uh, uh, peaceful, quiet, you know, retirement fund, uh, multi-year oriented, uh, just learn to get into stocks or out of stocks. I mean, big bull markets and big bear markets are not that hard to recognize. You don't have to catch the bottom. You don't have to catch the very top. But if you think we're in a bear market, don't just sit there in your 401k as it's melting away, convert it into cash. Uh, when but, you think that the bottom has been put in, use that cash to buy. Right, I understand, uh, Doctor. You know, uh, Doctor Elder, you said it best though the last time you were on your program. I mean, you, you gave the best advice possible. You don't just go out and short a stock. You know what I mean? If you <laughs> you have a four hundred one k, you don't transition to shorting stocks. What you said the last time on the program, think of it as getting a college education, five years and fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. I—that's the advice. Because if you think, oh yeah, I think I'll just short a stock, you got to be crazy. So that's our—that's why we're at the Rich Dad Company is we yeah. encourage people to get educated, not just do something foolishly. Our guests today are Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader and author. His book, "Come Into My Trading Room," Barron's 2002 Book of the Year. His website is elder.com. And he is the author of 401 Chaos, Stock Market Cash Flow. His website is andytanner.com. The point here is this, ladies and gentlemen. The reason I'm going to the dark side is I want to stop the complacency. I said it before, okay, World War One. You had guys riding into battle on horses, fighting guys who were driving tanks and airplanes. That's what people with 401ks and mutual funds and hoping the government is going to bail them out type thing are doing. You're on horseback riding along with your job, your sword, and your 401k. And from my point of view, if you think that's going to save you into the future, please do something different. I said something else. You know, Walmart wiped out mom and pop. Now Amazon, Bezos, is wiping out Walmart. And the biggest problem with the information age is this, is you can't see your enemy. Today it's called AI, artificial intelligence. It's not a robot. It's a computer software program. You can't even see the thing. You don't know what it's going to do. So that's why I quote Lord Rothschild, August 2016. He says, we've never been here before. You can say, well, I know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know things are changing, like it or not. So that is the theme of today's program. My job is to motivate you. 
hopefully you'll get off your butt and say, well, maybe my 401K, my retirement, or my college education is not going to save me. That's the part of this program. So I'm going to go dark as possible. Think about it this way here. All you have to do is start by reading one of Dr. Elder's books, Trading for a Living. You know, anybody can do that if you can read. Or, and, or, you can, and, I would, and, I would read 401 Chaos. For those of you counting on your 401K and think it's safe because you're well diversified, well, you don't realize mutual funds and ETFs are already diversified in the same stuff that goes up and down in there. And then his other book is Stock Market Cash Flow. I want to motivate you. If I have to intimidate, I will do that. Because we're on the eve of destruction. If you think that way, you might think differently. Any comments, Kim? I think it's very interesting that, uh, Dr. Elder, you uh, you are a psychiatrist. Yep. And now you're... In the now you've been a, an expert in in stocks and the and the stock market. Um, how are those related? You know, both. Well, first of all, uh, for some strange reason, I grew up in a family where most men had two careers. Uh, a favorite uncle was uh, went to medical school, became an important, and then he went became an important lawyer. Uh, so uh, it, it sort of runs in the family. But how psychiatry and trading are connected? Um, uh, both deal with reality. You know, a person comes in and he's still fighting ghosts from his childhood and his parents were treating him badly, and he is, for crying out loud, 40, 50 years old. Come on, you know, let's, 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 <laughs> get, crying uh, out loud. let's get on with the program. <laughs> and same thing with trading. Uh, oh, I think it's going to go up, or oh, I think it's going to go, maybe it will go up, I hope it will go up, I bought something, I, it should go up. You know, uh, stop fantasizing, look at the charts, uh, draw the lines, uh, run your studies, uh, uh, be realistic. So both really have to do with reality, stepping out of the fantasy world uh, and into reality. Uh, uh, if, I, if I may add, I think that the most important first step for someone who is uh, learning to manage their money and not to be at the mercy of the financial uh, system is to start keeping good records. What I bought, when I bought it, uh, uh, draw it, uh, uh, copy, paste the chart uh, of the trading vehicle that you bought. Uh, start keeping records. You know, it's like weight control. You can be saying to yourself all you want, oh, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight. But are you standing on a scale every morning, and are you writing down the number you see on that scale? So, so Dr. Elder, right now, what are you doing? Oh, uh, right now I'm shorting. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, walking, you're walking on a treadmill right now, aren't you? No, I got off of the trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no wonder your breath came uh, back. Uh, it was interfering with my hearing you. But oh. actually, I work and I trade from a treadmill. I have this uh, uh, desk over a treadmill, and uh, I'm facing the Vermont uh, mountains, and I'm just all day long, I'm walking at one and a half miles an hour. But I just shut it off because it was interfering with my hearing the program. Okay. okay. So, so, Andy, let me ask you this, because you teach so many people. Why is it, if money is so important in people's lives, why is it that so many people don't get educated about their money and about their stocks and their 401ks and all of that? Boy, you know, Kim, that is a question I've been asking myself for a long time because I can't think of an asset class that more per- people are participating in that they know less about you know people in oil tend to understand oil people in real estate tend to understand real estate and yet in the stock market we have millions of people participating in the asset class without knowing anything about it and and my theory is not have any proof but i think that we've created a culture on wall street to 
to where we say, hey, this is something that we hire out. This is not a life skill. This is a skill for hire. You know, if I'm going to go to the dentist, I have him do the root canal. I don't do it myself. And we put financial, you know, our, our investments in that category. I personally believe that it's a life skill, that, that earning money and, and learning about money is a life skill, not one for hire. So I think it might have to do with that culture. I think it's the fact it's not taught in school. And so, uh, and so people get intimidated by it. And they don't need to because it can be simplified. With the right teacher, anything can be made simple. So, Dr. Elder, what do you say? Why is it that people just turn their money over to a total stranger? And you know, uh, people just haven't got their priorities straight. Let me tell you this a very quick uh, personal story. Uh, when I lived in Manhattan, uh, I taught a class uh, on a volunteer, volunteer basis. I taught a class in, in high school from which my kids have graduated called uh, Money and Trading. And it was shocking how little kids knew. But uh, I opened a $40,000 account. We covered theory in six months. And then we traded that money, and uh, we made some profit, and I distributed profits among class members. We come to Vermont, and I say, well, uh, small community, let me contribute. I go to a local high school, and I tell them, listen, I would like to teach this class for you. People pay me a lot of money for teaching uh, worldwide, but I would like to do it for you on a volunteer basis. And furthermore, I'm going to open an account, and we're going to trade. And uh, uh, if we make money, I'm going to distribute that money between class members. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? So they start doing this, and they're planning and everything. I have to meet with all the big shots. Um, and finally, we decide to go ahead, and there's, uh, there's a bunch of kids who want to participate in the class, about half a dozen of them. Not a big number. And then they say to me, you've got to start in November. I say, well, what do you mean in November? There is a body of information we have to cover, and then we have to trade the real thing. You know, it's, it's my money. I mean, I don't want untrained people trading my money. I say, no, no, it, it, you, you can't start before September. We have a soccer season, and all these kids are in the, uh, playing soccer. I turn to the kids, and the kids are sitting there, and I say, kids, if you think you can make a million dollars playing soccer, you should play soccer. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's just leave it with this. Ask this question. If, if markets, when markets go down, can you make money, Dr. Elder? <laughs> I'm making it as we speak. The market <laughs> is falling today, and I'm, I'm short, uh, short, short, short. Uh, I think that uh, the, the quality of bull and bear markets tends to alternate. We had a horrendous bear market in 2008-2009. It bottomed out, and we, have, we had a wild, wild bull market from 2009 into 2015. And then we had a very mild bear market. From, from, uh, it topped out, well, the bull market topped out in May 2015, and uh, uh, we had a very mild bear market going into this year. Several months ago, the market has exceeded its 2015 high, so that's by definition, it's a bull market again. We're in a bull market, and we just completed the first stage of the bull market, so I'm shorting to take advantage of the, of the downdraft, but uh, now is the time to be building a shopping list. Uh, there the will be stocks to buy uh, when, this, uh, when this downdraft is over. Very good. But have to manage those things. You have to manage to keep the list, and you have to measure your performance. You have to... You, you know, you, you have to keep good records, as I said. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? So, Andy, can you make money going down? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm doing it a little bit different than Dr. Elder right now. I, I do believe that we still have some gas in the tank with some stocks that I've held, but I'm doing what's called 
selling calls on those to collect premium that way for cash mm-hmm. flow. So it's very much, uh, you know, very much the same thing, though, in terms of is there ways to make money up, down, or sideways? The answer is absolutely yes. And the opportunity to the downside is equal to the opportunity upside, 100%. Amen. So most people right now with a little 401K and their job and all that, in my opinion, in the long term, they're riding into a tank right now. And they don't know what's going to happen to them. We've never been here before. The other part example I gave is Walmart wiped out mom and pop. Jeff Bezos and Amazon is now wiping out Walmart. And the changes are invisible. It's not a robot. It's not a tank. It's a software program. We cannot see what's coming. And today, in my opinion, the stock market is completely disconnected with fundamentals. Technicals do not connect to fundamentals. That's like giving me $100 million a year. I'm not doing anything for it. That's kind of the disconnect right now. So that's why I'm very cautious right now. And Kim, anything you want to say? Well, I thought it was interesting when, Dr. Elder, when you were talking about the experiment you wanted to do, the teaching you wanted to do in Vermont, and um, how the schools, um, they're, they're in such a different different priorities. And soccer came first. Soccer came first before money. And we had a similar experience with when we first started with our cash flow board game, which came out before Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we thought the way to go would be to go to schools and go to universities and have people teach each other the, the cash flow game and basically found out that there was no interest in teaching money. Now, our guest today, Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader and author, author of Come Into My Trading Room. Please start with that. That's Barron's 2002 Book of the Year. That's where you start. It doesn't cost you a fortune. Just order it on Amazon <laughs> and then put it under your pillow and let, let the intelligence seep through your brain. <laughs> and the other guest is Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor, author of 401 Chaos. If you guys have a 401K, IRA, Roth IRA, and all that stuff, I would read Andy's book. So, Andy, are you teaching yeah. your kids about money or are they playing basketball? You know, we're, we're about 75-25 on the money side. <laughs> we play a little basketball, but... My kids are very interested. Um, they get in trouble at school a lot because they raise their hands and want to talk about monetary policy <laughs> or, or, fiscal po- or fiscal policy. But they do. They're, they're uh, in the fifth grade and the third grade, and they do understand what monetary policy is. They do understand that, they're, that this, they, they don't see the point in saving money. To them, it's a foreign idea because they think the dollar is going to continue to drop in value. Uh, they they have their iPads with their uh, stocks on them. Uh, right now, uh, they're very interested in uh, in USO. They they own Disney stock. They own McDonald's stock. And uh, we haven't taught them options yet. They're only ten and ten and eight, but they are interested in money. And I think that's one of the great services uh, parents can do is get them thinking about money because they're not getting it in school. That's a great point, Andy. Any comment, Dr. Elder, how you I would think train? it's an absolutely wonderful advice, and uh, uh, it reminds me, what, what Andy Tanner said uh, reminds me, my grandfather used to say, the single most important choice in life is to correctly choose your parents. <laughs> so, uh, his, his kids sound he, very he did, they, he, they did well. <laughs> and, and, another, uh, and, another, and another comment, uh, uh, Mr. Tanner mentioned twice options. Uh, he mentioned that he, he has an opinion on the market, and he expresses it by writing options. And uh, I would very much like to second that. I'm not much, I'm not much of an options person myself, but uh, I can tell you that out of tens of thousands of traders and investors I met, I have not met one 
who made uh, money uh, buying options. Can, can and you explain, Dr. Elder and, and Andy, what, well, what you mean well, by options? Let me finish the paragraph and then I'll explain. And, and, and I have several friends uh, uh, who make uh, serious money year after year writing options, which is exactly what uh, Mr. Tanner does. Uh, and how to explain it? Years ago, I, was, uh, I, I had a student, she was, uh, she was a floor trader, uh, uh, option market maker uh, in New York, and she came to me to learn computerized trading because she was pregnant and wanted to get off the floor because people push on the floor. So, um, and she said, this was a woman who was professionally writing options. She said, options are a hope business. You can buy hope or you can sell hope. I'm a professional, she said. I come to the floor in the morning, and I look to see what the public hopes for. And then I price that hope and sell it to them. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. The option is like a mortgage. It's an option. It's, it's a down payment on a mortgage. It's, it's a right to buy the property. That's as simple as I can get it. I have a more technical question real quickly, Dr. Elder. Yes. Like like uh, like Lord Rothschild said in August 2016, we never you know basically this is the greatest experiment in the history of the world: printing money, zero bond, negative interest rates on bonds, yeah. and printing money. So let me ask you this: What would happen right now if bonds are at let's say zero? What happens if Yellen raises it one point to one percent? Uh, the stock market is not going to like it. Uh, the stock market got addicted to uh, to free money. Uh, the stock market, uh, c compared to the bond market, is is tiny. I mean, the, the the bond market is at least ten times bigger dollar-wise than the stock market. So as soon as some attractive bonds are going to start uh, appearing on the horizon, and people are going to start buying those bonds, just a small amount of buying will drain off enough money from the stock market that the stock market will suffer. What happens to the bonds that have been selling up to that point? I mean, you know, there's been the biggest bull market in bonds. The moment they sell the bond, you know, people say we'll get 1%. Won't that cause chaos in the bond market also? You know, Rod, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a bonds uh, expert. And, <laughs> Neither uh, am I. That's what I was asking uh, you. You know, I was, I was, I was told uh, uh, better, be, better keep your mouth, sh mouth shut and uh, let people think that you're stupid instead of opening your mouth and proving <laughs> them right. So you have no... You have, so I'll, I'll skip. I'll skip. <laughs> Andy, you have any opinion? What would happen you know, with, with bonds at zero? What happens... Well, people, already know, people already know how stupid I am, so I'll go ahead and chime in uh, <laughs> at that risk. You know, if I have a bond that is, is paying very, very little... Uh, and I want to sell that bond to, to someone, they're going to have to say, well, what type of interest am I going to get on it? If all of a sudden someone has a bond that's paying more than my bond, my feeling is my bond is going to be worth less than that new bond. So I, I don't think it destroys the bond market because there's some new bonds in there, but I do think it, uh, it, it does affect the, the price of a bond that, that you have in terms of being able to sell it because it's not bringing in as much. It'd be like having a, a mortgage that pays a high rate and a mortgage that pays a low rate. Well, which one would you want to have if you're a bank? You'd want to have the mortgage that pays the high rate. But I also agree with, with Dr. Elder in that right now people have stayed in equities, meaning stocks, hunting for yield, hunting for yield. 
uh, a lot of baby boomers, a lot of people who are getting older traditionally want to move into debt because they have the idea it's a safer place. Bonds, and a lot bonds. of them have stayed. Yeah, bonds. Yeah. A lot of them have stayed in equities, searching for yield. And I agree that if if there if there begins to become a little bit of a return and something they see as safer as they age, the traditional uh, approach for a non-trader, you know, a long-term investor would be to move to debt. So I think that would put pressure on on equities. No, no. Um, so I agree with Dr. Elder. Yeah, when you say debt, you're talking about a bond or the kind of debt that bond. Tim and I use. Yes. A bond, right? A different yes. kind of debt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Our, our guest today, our Dr. Alexander Elder, has been a guest of this program many, many times. One of the smartest guys I know on this business. He's smart because he doesn't tell. He tells you when he doesn't know something. Uh, he's a professional trader and author. He was born in Leningrad and grew up in Estonia. I mean, I'm going to Estonia this fall. I love Estonia. He's the author of Come Into My Trading Room, Barron's 2002 Book of the Year. Ladies and gentlemen, please start there. If you have a 401k and you think everything's going to be hunky-dory and rosy and that Clinton or Trump will save your butt, I think you better wake up and smell the coffee here. Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor, offer 401 chaos. As Dr. Elder said, the reason you don't make much money in those managed funds is because the guy's managing them, <laughs> taking your money. <laughs> That's funny. And his and it's, <laughs> other book is Stock Market Crash Flow. Cash Flow. So... <laughs> I mean, I think it's hysterical, personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I so I got I got to ask a political question because um, there's a, a Swiss investment advisor, very well known, named Mark Faber, and Mark said he said Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, <laughs> Doctor Doom. He is. He says, given the alternatives, I would vote for Mr. Trump because he may only destroy the U.S. economy, but Hillary Clinton will destroy the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> So, Andy, do you have? Do you think it matters from the stock market, from the from the um, from your stock market expertise? Does it matter if it's Trump or Hillary? You know, I, my opinion is it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm more worried about watching Janet Yellen than than uh, a politician. Uh, you know, I I have my own political opinions, uh, but I I just don't think it, it can matter. If you look at history. If you, I, I think this is a false barometer. If you look at history, the de- when a Democratic president has been in since World War II, I think they've had a yield of about nine percent on average in the market, and Republicans probably been four or five. But I think that's more just a, a, a report of, of history. I don't think there's causation there. Uh, I, I really don't think it matters who the president is when it comes to the stock market. I, what, one other thing I could say. If you believe the president can can convince Congress to do all the things they want to do, maybe that affects uh, the economy and the GDP. Maybe, but but I don't think it matters. I really don't. Dr. Elder, what do you think about this whole presidential thing? And I think I think the election is uh, has been decided long time ago. It's all over, but for the shouting, uh, there's you know there's a legal elections market uh, in the United States. University of Iowa received a license about 20 years ago to run a futures market on presidential candidates. Good way to put it. Never once been mistaken. In other words, um, uh, the way the market is set up, that uh, the price of, of two candidates com- together comes to one dollar. So at this point, uh, Hillary uh, is 75 cents. 
uh, Trump uh, is uh, 25 cents. Interesting. And the two lines have not been even close. I began buying uh, the blue line when it was 60 cents because the top line is, is, is who wins. The, uh, on the election night, one line goes to a dollar, the other line goes down to zero. Interesting. And, you know, 75 to 25, this, this is, uh, it, it's a landslide, and it's all over but for the shouting. Words are a cheap currency. People get on TV and they spout their opinions. But people who play those markets put real money behind them. I do. Check it out. IEM, Iowa Electronic Marketplace. It's, uh, it's, it's a little too late to buy. <laughs> there is not much. Although, <laughs> I would say, 30% uh, yield for, uh, uh, for holding a position, it's, it's not that bad if you, buy, if you buy Hillary at 75 cents. <laughs> do I like her? I detest her. But you better get, get, get with the program and get used to it. President Hillary is coming in January. It's uh, like night follows day or like night follows you better. day, I should say. You better invest quick because at that 30%, when she's present, she's going to take it all in taxes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, final word on one, one, one tip could you give a listener right now? I, I would pick up uh, Dr. Elder's book, and I'd begin reading about the psychology, the trading tactics, and most, the most important part of his book is money management. That's where the money is. And then you can find out if it's something that appeals to you. But whether it's uh, stocks or real estate or commodities or you want to start a business, uh, do something. Do something. Don't just stand and pray that, that, that this balloon will keep going because you're going to be sorry if you do. Do something in one of the asset classes. Start learning right now. Great advice. Dr. Elder, final words? Uh, read, study, educate yourself because uh, if you don't, the, the world is changing so fast that if you are not prepared for the change, uh, you're going to be, in a few years, you're going to be standing uh, in your retirement, in, in what you hoped uh, uh, to, to will have, would have been your retirement. You're going to be standing and saying, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> so anyway, all markets are the same. They all go up and they all go down. And the biggest mistake is, as you all know, people always come in at the top. But the, but the guys who get rich are gone, long gone on that. So I'll leave with this final thought. Remember, in World War I, we had guys riding into battle on a horseback and other guys driving in with a tank and an airplane. Final words, Kim. Well, i just like to I, – I go back to what Dr. Elder said earlier in the program. He said, I don't get excited when I think about trading. And for, to me, the or markets – Yes, and about money. And I, for us, whether it's real estate, whether it's stocks, whatever, keep the emotion out of it. This program today was about those of you with a 401k, IRA, mutual funds, and all that stuff. I gave the metaphor of World War One. You know, people on horses rode into battle against people with tanks. And that's what you're doing with your little dinky 401k. And you, you know what I mean? And I, I love that what Dr. Elder said is the reason you don't make any money is because the guys managing the funds take the money. I mean, better wake up now. It's better to have a 401k than do nothing. Any comments, Kim? Well, the other thing I heard is that, you know, there's so many opinions and of whoever gets elected, how that's going to affect your stock portfolio, how it's going to affect the economy. There's so much noise out there. And what I heard today is the way to drown out all that noise is to get yourself educated. So, again, Andy Tanner has books that we've met, recommended. Dr. Elder has books and websites that we've recommended. Go to richdad.com, read Rich Dad Poor Dad. There's so much information just in this one little area of the Rich Dad world where you could start. 
So that's how you drowned out all that noise. So let me give you another picture, okay? So you have these guys in World War One riding horses into a battle of a tank. That's what you guys are doing right now. You're going to you're gonna get slaughtered. The other point is this. Look at, you know, Walmart wiped out mom and pop. Jeff Bezos wiped out Walmart. And so if you think your job is safe, I want you to think about that. But the biggest thing of all is in the information age, change is invisible. You're not finding a tank. You're finding a software program right now. We, you now have HFT, high-frequency trading. These guys are trading in, millis, in millionths of a second. They can do a trade, and you're trying to make a trade in a year or something? Well, even Dr. Elder said, he said one of the problems why people don't get educated about money is because they have prior, their priorities are screwed up. They don't make it a priority. You know, yeah. in, in Vermont, soccer was more important than educating the kids about money. The point is this. You know, the, Kim and I are real estate people. We love real estate. But, again, it's the same principles. You know, when real estate was at all-time high in 2006 and 2007, we weren't in the market. We were out. Now, what wiped out the real estate market was had nothing to do with real estate. It had to do with derivative called MBS, money-backed securities and all this stuff, weapons of mass financial destruction. So it wasn't real estate market collapsed. It was derivative markets that blew up. And so you could, we couldn't see it coming. Now, Kim and I could see it because every day. We lived it every day. <laughs> every day we're in the market, and you have these people who can't even pay the rent running off to buy a $300,000 house for no money, no down, and no job and all this stuff. Now, we're not rocket scientists. We couldn't see what was happening, but we knew something was wrong. How can a guy who can't pay a $500 rent pay for a $300,000 house? So that's when you know something is wrong. So the things that Dr. Elder are talking about and Andy Tanner are talking about up and down, after the markets crashed in 2008, Kim and I never made so much money because some of the best real estate on, in the world went on sale. But we couldn't see it coming. We just knew it was coming. That's the difference. So if you're going to sit there, you dinky, piddly little 401K, IRA, Roth IRA, and hope and pray, your money manager is looking out after you. You probably believe in the Easter Bunny. So we're going to ask Robert, what's the first question, Melissa? Our first question today comes from Todd in Tampa, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, I was advised by my family and friends that I should listen to the advice from my financial advisor rather than going with what my gut is telling me. I think it's time to pull out of the market, but my family says I'm crazy and that I should just do what my broker says. What do you say, Robert? doesn't matter what I say. The question is, what do you want to do? You know, if you're going to just sit there and operate on your gut, that's what Dr. Elder was talking about. Again, he is a psychiatrist. It's your nuts. Money makes people nuts. It makes me nuts. So if you're going on my gut feeling all this, you're crazy. The thing I learned from Dr. Elder's students in Australia was how do you read a chart? How do you read trends? How do you spot the trend moving? How do you know what's how far to go, how far it's going to fall, how to get ahead of the curve and all these things? You have to invest time. If you go on your gut, you're crazy. Kim and I have a pretty good pulse on real estate. You know, we, we know who's coming in, who's going out. There's a sense of the ebb and flow of a market. But we don't go on gut feeling. Now we have a couple of idiots next door to us on one of our properties they bought. They paid this. They paid for this piece of property. I think it's ten thousand square foot feet. The first idiot paid nine hundred thousand for it. 
Then he had to dump it down to $700,000 to a second bunch of idiots. And now those bunch of idiots want to sell it back to us for 900000 And the property's worth about four to four fifty. <laughs> Am I correct, Kim? You're absolutely correct. The guys are fr- and they keep coming knocking on our door and trying to sell us this property because it butts up to a property we own. But we're not fools and we're not going to pay a, a, a silly price. For a little tiny property. So you have the, the, the big distinction, the big decision, am I going to be a passive investor and turn my money over to somebody a monkey can beat? Or am I going to be proactive? Am I going to become professional? That's really the ultimate question. And Dr. Elder said the last time he was on his program, it takes about five years and $50,000 to learn to do what he does. If most people, most people don't want to do that, so just turn your money over to a financial planner or think on your gut. Next question, Melissa. And, and I just want to say to, you know, Todd, I, I think it's an interesting question because his two options are I'm either going to go with my gut or I'm going to go to my, turn my money blindly over to a broker. And there's a missing ingredient <laughs> called you better get yourself some education and, and learn and be that, be that active investor, not the passive investor. There's a missing ingredient in your thinking, Todd. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Davis in Chicago. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant says, as a college student about to enter the labor force, what advice would you have for making contributions to a 401k? I agree with you that 401k plans are not the best investment, but most companies match up to a certain percentage. Should I max out the company match to essentially double my money? I tell you what, I think you should go to Las Vegas, you know, just put it <laughs> on the red and roll. Because odds. <laughs> that's what you're doing. You know, nothing, I'm not saying it's a bad plan. But I'm saying it's no different than me going to, you going to Las Vegas and putting it on the red. Your decision at your young age, when I was 25 years old, I had to make a decision. Was I going to listen to my poor dad and go get my MBA or listen to my rich dad and go take real estate classes? The reason real estate classes are so important is because you have to be an entrepreneur, not a passive investor. As an entrepreneur in real estate, I had to learn how to be an entrepreneur in real estate which is property management, acquisition, tax laws. My education was so far beyond, is this a good property or a bad property? So no matter where you are, whether you're 15 or 50, you gotta make a decision right now. You're gonna be a professional, you're gonna be an amateur. That's really the question. If you're an amateur, turn it over to some guy who can throw darts at a dartboard, you'd be just as good. And Davis, I would also say get Andy Tanner's book, 401 Chaos, because that will open your eyes as to what's really going on in the world of 401ks and what's really happening to your money. That's a great place to start. And also my other book is called A Second Chance. It came out a year or so ago, but in there are the charts and graphs. That's what I learned from Alexander Elder is how I read charts and graphs so I can know what's going to happen next because, you know, it is deja vu all over again, We've we've but we've never been here before. And Never has the world been on such an economic precipice. And the, and the reason so many people are in 401ks is because they don't know what to do with their money. They're not spending the time to become that active investor. And so they don't know how to, if, if you can't learn how to invest your money to make more money than your 401k, then keep it in your 401k. But I would take the other route. There was a, a program when I was growing up, not growing up, I was much in my 20s. I was like, well, how do you pick a stock? And Wall Street ran this study where they had a monkey who was throwing darts at the dartboard. And the monkey went up against mutual fund managers. And the monkey won. 